From years of anxiety to warrior and mentor, Bradley Robinson created the Anxiety Project to help you end your anxiety naturally. Let's mold the new you and let's end anxiety together. Hey everyone, welcome to the Anxiety Project podcast number 38. I am your host, Brad Robinson, here with you today. And thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. I greatly appreciate it so much. And I hope these podcasts give you such knowledge on the anxiety you're currently facing. That is my goal my aim to help you overcome anxiety once and for all. This podcast episode is on not-so-good anxiety coping habits. And before I get into the top four uh, coping behaviors that are just absolutely horrible and that you need to stop right now, uh, before I get into the top four, I just want to dive into what is a habit and why do we have these habits and why is it so difficult to change? Why is it so difficult to to go a month, two months, three months implementing new habits and 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 always going back to old bad habits? We have to understand that we humans we are very habitual. And these habits are run by the subconscious mind. You may notice you run the same routine every day. Or you feel a certain emotion during a certain time of day. Or you may find it hard to break a pattern that you've been running for a long length of time. This is a habit. The reason you find it difficult to break an already existing pattern is because the unconscious mind doesn't want to. It only wants what's most familiar to it. So think about it this way. You've been practicing anxiety for a year or two years or three years it's going to be difficult to get over your anxiety, won't it? It's going to be difficult, but once you take that responsibility on and you, and you say to yourself, you know what, I'm going to make a contract with myself for three months to overcome this anxiety because it takes 21 days for a new habit to be repetitive and habitual. So it's not going to come overnight. You have to play the role of this new you constantly. You have to be waking up in the morning and challenging your thoughts, challenging your old behaviors for a long period of time. You have to surround yourself with new role models constantly, new powerful role models because who you hang around, you're going to... You're going to absorb. If you're, if you're constantly subjecting yourself to positive role models via YouTube or books or in person even, then you're going to go far. You're going to go really far 
and be really selective when it comes to the role model that you choose. Are like, are they positive? Have they overcome the same things you have? And how did they do it? So modeling after someone is crucial. So going back to the unconscious mind and running on patterns, the unconscious mind, remember, only wants what's most familiar to it. So when a new pattern is introduced, say meditation, for example, then you may experience cognitive dissonance. Now, cognitive dissonance in a nutshell means just because it feels wrong, like in your gut, the feeling of, you know, unease doesn't mean that it is wrong. Cognitive dissonance is simply the resistance as well as the inconsistent beliefs and thoughts relating to a new behavioral change or attitude change. So remember, 21 days it takes for a new habit to be ingrained, to be repetitive within the unconscious. A new neural pathway is forming when a new behavior is introduced. The more this behavior is practiced, the stronger the pathway gets. My life was so chaotic internally and externally that I needed more order in my life so that I could handle the chaos properly. What I needed was to take on that responsibility, to take on the responsibility of my anxiety disorder because I'm not going to change overnight. I need to commit myself to change and attach reason to changing. Am I going to do it for my family? Is it going to benefit my family when I change? Is it going to benefit my community, myself, the, the, everyone around me? So what anxiety coping behaviors do you need to change in order to get to your higher self? Number four, is avoidance. Do you avoid places? Do you avoid places constantly? Do you give yourself excuses constantly about not, reasons why you don't want to go to that party or dinner or school or work? I used to avoid. I was avoiding the electrical union when I was working as an electric in the film industry at first. I was avoiding calling into work because it was a call-in daily basis. I was a daily, so I was avoiding it. And I was avoiding it because I had all these underlying fears. Fear of failing, fear of showing up and doing a crummy job. I didn't have any confidence in myself. I was avoiding it because... Uh, it made me anxious, you know, what if I show up late? What if I don't do a good job? What if I, I, I can't maintain a relationship because I'm working long hours? All of these thoughts 
would just circle and then I'll I would be I would take the easy way out and say, you know what, I'm just not gonna call in. I'm just gonna take another day off. And then what do you know? I took another day off. And then after that day off, I took another day off. And I then I took a week off and then I took two weeks off. And then I kept lying to my family saying, you know, uh, I am I'm working or I kept lying to them saying, you know what, they're just not calling me. And but that wasn't really the case. I wasn't even phoning in in the first place. So I was avoiding places that I was that I knew was going to make me anxious or fearful. So do you avoid people in the workplace, family, friends? And, you know, I avoided challenges as well, avoided challenges. I, I, I was in a state of, you know, I'm just going to, life is just, I'm just going to make it simple and, and, and go, go with the flow and, you know, just live in the moment. That doesn't work. Living in the moment you have to be progressing in order to find happiness. This is so huge for me. This is one of my favorite lines. You have to be progressing in some way in order to find happiness. So avoiding challenges is not going to grow, make you grow in character. It's going to only keep you in a certain state. So that's not going to be happiness, right? How are you going to find happiness if you're not growing in character or if you're not noting down your breakthroughs in your breakthrough journal? Noting down the things that you've accomplished is super important because looking back at, you know, look how much I did this year and looking looking back at all the accomplishments you've done is absolutely mind-blowing it's staggering it's happiness it's joy it's it's confidence it's all of these things it's it makes you feel so alive it makes you feel so good because you've progressed and so I was I used to avoid challenges I used to avoid the 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 dragon in the the cave I used to avoid challenging myself when it came to my career or relationships or even personal growth reading books I didn't I avoid reading cuz you know I um I had a short attention span that was my old belief um but it's you know we avoid places because maybe it's the fear of being humiliated and embarrassed just like how I felt avoiding work I was afraid of being humiliated and it even comes down to a uh, panic and anxiety where you might avoid the workplace because of you're fearful of being embarrassed um, by having a panic attack or you know being anxious or, or thinking that you're weird or whatever it is these limiting thoughts these limiting beliefs hold you back from going to these certain locations number three too much time at home. This kind kind of goes into avoidance a little bit, but it, yeah, it kind of goes into the same category, but I wanted to include this in its own category because it's so 
it's so uh, common. It's so with all of my clients, with the people that I work with, you know, they they spend too much time at home and, and they're afraid to get out of the comfort zone, the place of safety, because it's easier to to spend time at home playing video games, lying in bed, lounging, then facing the dragon of chaos. It's easy to stay at home. It's the safe zone, right? It's like when B.F. Skinner, who's a behavioralist, he was studying rats, and when rat, when a rat would get comfortable in its cage after looking around in each corner of the cage, it would get comfortable. And then when you take the rat into a new environment, it started to freak out. It started to, it started to become anxious and fearful. So this natural bodily response is built right into us where, you know, we fear uncertainty. We fear going into the unknown. We fear going into these environments that could potentially cause us harm or it could cause a panic attack so we spend time at home in our safe zone and in in the place that you know what i i'm fine here because you know i can't get embarrassed here i can't you know get a panic attack here and i want to just spend my time here and you know your own your own emotional bank account is overdrawn. And what I what I mean by the emotional bank account is that you've withdrawn so much of your own um, emotional trust and emotional confidence within yourself due to many traumatic events as well as the continuous self-talk, the negative self-talk over the years or months. How, how however long it's been but you've withdrawn so much of that trust within yourself you don't trust your body anymore you know you don't you don't trust that you know you're you're healthy you don't trust that you know you're going to be safe or you know whatever it may be or you don't or you don't trust that you're going to you don't have confidence that you're going to go do a good job and grow in the outside world so Spending too much time at home was something I did. I, I felt good here. I felt like I felt like I didn't have any goals when I was spending too much time at home. I didn't have anything to strive for when I was spending time at home. So I was very confused at that time in my life, spending all my time at home. I was I was not setting any goals. I didn't I didn't even know what I wanted to do. So I would I would spend weeks just at home, uh, going out for walks, getting bored, not really challenging myself, kind of, you know, not going anywhere in life. And it really, really added to my severe anxiety disorder later down the road. So that was really huge for me and for a lot of the clients that I uh, talk to. Number two is checking Dr. Google. Dr. Google. Do you go on Dr. Google? I used to whenever I would feel a sensation, a pain, body zap. Is there no trust in your body? 
do you not trust that your body can heal itself or that you know it's 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 healthy do you consistently check google for that specific reassurance for that sensation i did I remember checking Dr. Google constantly because of certain pains. And what do you know? The worst case scenario came up. And then I believed it because I was so sensitized. I was so, I was letting all of the information affect me because I was looking out for it. I was, I was like, oh my God, I have that. I was always catastrophizing. I have that sensation. I have that disease. I have that illness, you know, because it's not going away. Even though the doctor, my actual doctor said so that I was healthy, I still didn't believe her because I still felt the pain. And I, and just by checking Google and seeing the worst case scenarios, it made me just blow up. I just blew up. And I would have panic and I would have a flush of sensations and I would just get into such a, a tizzy. I would get into such an anxious state and I would, be, I would be so confused and bewildered and I couldn't sleep. And, you know, I was constantly on Google making sure that, you know, is this, is this sensation an actual illness? And it just, it kept snowballing. It kept cycling. You know, I was only keeping that physical uh, sensation alive because I was constantly paying attention to it. That's why. it. It's funny because once I started to finally distract myself with something else, the pain and sensation would disappear. But then once I would, once I realized that, wait a second, I should check in on my pain, it would come back. So whenever you give something specific attention, be careful because you're just going to keep that sensation alive just by focusing on it. Remember, where focus goes, energy flows super important now this brings us to number one and that is reassurance seeking absolutely number one in my books because this was the biggest coping behavior that i needed to change was checking getting reassurance from my family and relationships so my relationship, my girlfriend, and also other relationships, friends. So just getting that reassurance. Am, are you sure I'm? Are you sure I'm okay? You know, you're very dependent on other people. Very, very dependent. And it's anxiety recovery is moving from being dependent all the way to being independent. It's a long process, but you have to start somewhere. It's little incremental steps. Are you relying on others to make you feel safe? And constantly going to that person and saying, you know what? I think this thing is actually an illness. They'll tell you, no, 
it's not because of this and this, or they'll say, you know what, it's not an illness because you went to the doctor already, and, and then you'd make up an excuse saying, you know, but, 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 but I feel, no, you know, it's, it's that, that cycle of, of, that's a bad habit to keep cycling, because you don't want to keep going to someone for reassurance. What you need to do is replace that reassurance-seeking habit with a new habit. These habits need to be replaced with something new. Something that will be enjoy, that will be uh, positive to you, that will be enjoyable to you but replace the other one. So for me, the, I replaced reassurance seeking with watching role models on YouTube talk about their anxiety and how they overcame it. Role models would include Tony Robbins, w Wim Hof, Russell Brand, just to name a few of people who who I, I listen to via podcast and I, I, instead of going to my family for reassurance, I would go to my role models and learn at the same time how they overcame their challenges. So I replaced going to my family or girlfriend to the role model on the podcast or the YouTube video. So when I went to them, they made me feel good. They made me feel like, you know what? I'm learning, but at the same time, I know that, you know, I can overcome this because they overcame it. So I was relating to them. I was relating to these role models. So it was such a good replacement. And I eventually got rid of that old reassurance-seeking habit, and I replaced it with the new models that I modeled after on YouTube or podcasts. And, and this... A new habit, it took a while to ingrain because remember, it takes 21 days to fully ingrain a new habit. So, start tomorrow. Start today. Start with implementing new habits to replace these four limiting habits, these four coping behaviors that you need to change starting now in order to get to your higher self. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's podcast episode. Do not let anxiety define who you are. Change is on its way. Change starts now. Thank you. Have a great day. Bye-bye. For more podcast episodes, for more video content, and one-on-one -on -one coaching with me via Skype, visit www.unpluganxiety.com for everything you need to know about ending anxiety naturally. I love you all. Have a great day. Bye-bye.